0: Hi, this is Jamin Fraser, and you're listening to The Insecurity Project, solving the insecurity problem at a global level podcast is a mixture of interviews, coaching sessions, and personal development content. You'll hear me chat with experts, authors, speakers, and individuals who've gone on to do great things in their life as a result of working through their insecurity. You'll hear brave souls being willing to have a live coaching demonstration recorded where they work through their insecurity. And you'll hear 10-Minute Tuesday, which is a chance for me to deliver high-quality personal development content to help you on your journey. I hope you find it useful. Now on to today's show.
1: Hey folks, it's Jamin here. You're on the Insecurity Project and today I have the great pleasure of chatting with Nicola Morass. Now, I don't know Nicola that well, but the little I do know of her, I find her very impressive. Uh, She pops up on my LinkedIn feed all the time and always brings such energy and such life and there's something very compelling and attractive about the way she does what she does. So it's going to be really great to hear her story because she's come from regional australia she's had an entrepreneurial idea herself and has taken that idea to create a global business so um achieved amazing success especially in the business field and helping others really own their brand and be their brand so uh nicholas thanks so much for being on the show really excited to get to chat you today
2: thank you thanks for having me
1: well as is the plan normally we jump straight into the deep end and Oh. <laughs> uh, the thing that fascinates me about this whole process of overcoming insecurity is where a person starts. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes people start way back and and really start from a tough place. Others start from not so much a, a tough place and the challenges are slightly different depending on where you start. So i um, love to hear about your start and in particular what it was like growing up in your family and the role your parents played in shaping your sense of self and your confidence mm-hmm. and self esteem and uh you know that whole topic, so what can you tell yeah. us about that
2: awesome so my 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 childhood was very kind of uneventful actually and in a really in a really great way, so there were no major traumas or or anything like that and my parents what So there was myself and my brother and they were very much chase your dreams. You know, you can, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. It's just about you guys being, the, you know, the best version of you. That was not in that language necessarily, but leading by example. So they were very entrepreneurial thinking. Okay. Uh, they, they started their own businesses and took risks. So they very much modeled to us back yourself, believe in yourself, you know, do what it is that you want to do. Um, So that was really, like, I'm really grateful. It was, it was, I I couldn't want, I couldn't have wanted for a better childhood, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, wow. Uh, And what impact do you think that had on you as a young girl growing up? Like, what kind of beliefs did that form inside you? Mm,
2: Great question. Um, It was... Well, it was, it was the fact that we could do anything uh, that I could yeah. do anything that I put my mind to. Uh, the thing that so the belief was there. The reality was a little, you know, a little, a little different in terms of the sense. I suppose my family, you know, they, they did things a little differently. It wasn't completely left of centre, but they. My my father was in the air force for many years, and then he retired out of there and they opened up their own stores. And so like that was really different to a lot of other children's families in in, in the school that I went to. And so I guess I, I don't know, I kind of looked at the world a little bit differently. I didn't kind of really fit in. Not that I was okay. bullied or anything like that, but didn't I just didn't I didn't really I just didn't really fit in. It was kind of it was kind of different. Um Still had friends, and you know it was kind of easy, but just always felt different. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, sure. And did that uh, create any kind of pain for you, or or any fear that started to develop inside you?
2: Um, the the thing that kind of I guess that I experienced. We lived to put it into a bit of perspective. So I, I would sometimes feel quite left out from social groups because we lived a fair way away in, in rural South Australia actually. So we lived a good half an hour away from my school, which was in the in the country. So yep. lived out there and a lot of my other friends that that you know I sort of connected with, they lived a lot either a lot closer to school or they caught trains into school and lived a bit in a bit more urban kind of environments. So I guess the impact for me around that was sometimes I'd feel really left out because of geographic, um, like you know, pre- pre- oh my gosh, I haven't got the word um, <laughs> challenges, <laughs> Let's yeah. use that word. Um, and and things like that. You know, so that created, I guess, from a, a from a feeling like I didn't fit. perspective was probably amplified because of the geographical challenges that we had um, yeah, sure. and and things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got strong leadership and modelling from your parents around mm-hmm. entrepreneurial, you can do whatever you, you put your mind to, um, yeah. it doesn't have to be the same as anybody else, it can be however mm-hmm. you want to be. Um, and so mm-hmm. you're kind of watching them thinking, wow, this, this is possible, but then at the same time wrestling with the fact that you're different, and you don't really fit in and there geographical challenges, yeah. so you're kind of forming right that's that's how they live. Can I also do that? They're telling me that's true um mm-hmm. so when did you really believe that like was there a Were there, um key moments for you where that kind of really got inside you um I'm just fascinated by that whole process and, and where I, that I could do you? anything? Yeah, that you really could like it really was true for
2: you. Oh, that was a lot later. That was okay. a lot later. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so I after school when when school finished, I was I was working, and then I actually went and I left my job and went and worked for my parents and managed one of their stores uh, in Adelaide, and yeah. then from there I left there and and went and actually got a job working for Westpac. So that was that was awesome. And at the same time, um I a lot around that time I, I was in a relationship with a man that ended up being a domestic violence relationship. So Yeah, well. that that was really hard <laughs> as you can imagine. Mm. Um so that lasted for about four and a half years. So it wasn't until the end of that and Finally, made the decision that you know that's that's actually enough now. Getting out of that, and then that was probably the thing that reminds that showed me that actually no, I can I can do what I want to do in the way that I want to do it. So it wasn't really until that kind of defining moment, I suppose.
1: Yeah, right. So obviously, that's a very personal and vulnerable subject, but I'm
2: mm. curious
1: about asking some questions about that, if that's okay. Stop yeah, me if,
2: absolutely. If,
1: um, <laughs> if it's inappropriate. Um, no,
2: I'm not so, book.
1: So good. Right, wonderful. And I think that's so useful because there are lots of people mm. in situations that are difficult and they don't want yeah. to be in, they don't know how to get out of it and they're waiting for that defining yeah. moment. You know, So yeah. to talk through the process of what actually happened inside you would be really useful. So yeah, I'm just sure. really curious around the internal belief structure for you that... Um, you know, your parents have said, "Listen, you can do anything you put your mind to. You can have anything you want." Um, mm-hmm. And yet, you find yourself in a situation for four and a half years, which is clearly not what you want. Yeah. So, so what has kept you in that pain? And what, mm. what have you, what must have you believed about yourself in that situation mm-hmm. to then you know, tolerate, um, you know, a painful situation, a situation where, in fact, yeah. you're, you know, you're being physically abused.
2: Mm. So the, it was a slow burn uh, as, as a lot of, though from what I've learned post that a lot of those types of relationships and, and mine, it, it's a slow burn. So it didn't start out that way. So yeah. very, um, it's kind of interesting, I suppose, like looking back, it's like it's happened to a different, a completely different person. So yeah. many, many years ago. And I think the thing for me was that over time it was the erosion of of confidence, self worth, and and that can come like it's not it wasn't just the physical side it's the emotional side and and of course uh, the manipulation yeah. that that, tends, that that happened for me and so it was like a lot of that you know even though i had this strong sense of kind of identity that the reason that i actually ended up with this with this man was due to a, a bad previous breakup <laughs> before yeah right so kind of open and vulnerable um this guy showed some interest and i was you know i was just, i guess i just ended up in a relationship with this guy and like it was nice to start with you know, I'm I'm not I'm an intelligent person and it was mm-hmm. nice. And then yeah, it just kind of like little things would happen and and there's I I've learned that this cycle that that happens is like, oh that like, something will happen and then there's the apology and then the makeup and this won't ever happen again and then bang, there it goes again. And the sort the cycle shortens and in, in terms of the, the, the speed in which it repeats over time or it did for me. Um so it wasn't always violent to start with but you know looking back and seeing a lot of the the clues there it was i i became isolated so my friends you know it was very encouraged to to get rid of them and to not be friends with my friends anymore and so withdrawing and then that makes you very uh, or make, made me very isolated and therefore a lot more susceptible to to the stuff that was going on so Mm, yeah well um like just the name calling and you know no and i also i i had my my oldest baby my oldest daughter um while i was with him and so then it was like well you'll you'll end up being a single mom with a kid you know nobody's going to want you who would want you and then like just you know the name calling and the shaming and, and everything else that that kind of resulted off the back of that, on top of the violence. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, that that erosion of of confidence. Yeah. Um. Really was what kept me there, and it really wasn't until like there's a final, the final, final, final. Because he tried, I tried to get out numerous times, and it wasn't until the very last yeah. time where I, I actually believed that he had capacity to kill me and my mm. daughter, that it's, you know, that that's that's actually enough now. Because until that time, I didn't really believe that, that that could happen. So, yeah. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, one of the, the key things around the Insecurity Project is just um, the implications of what insecurity is capable of producing in your life. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when when that confidence gets worn down and it's really mm-hmm. now now it's now it's actually the belief around who you are as a person and, mm-hmm. and what you're worth and it's really being beaten down. Mm-hmm. That that insecurity has the Absolutely. ability to take, you know, a beautiful, intelligent, creative person and lock them in a situation that they feel powerless to get out of. Um, exactly. you know, almost to the, almost to the point of death, which mm-hmm. is which is horrific, you know, and
2: yeah.
1: part of the, the desperation around there has to be intelligent, creative, clever, clear solutions for, for insecurity because it left left unmanaged, it will destroy you and and those that mm-hmm. you love. Like it's it's serious yeah. stuff, which is you know your story is really demonstrating. So, um, mm. you know, so you know, I think that the point of pain is a very key part of all change. You know, without Definitely. pain, often we run away from pain. But pain is usually yeah. <laughs> pain is a gift to say, "Hey, listen, if you don't do something now, um, what comes next is horrific." Yep. So yes, feel the pain and right. let this pain cause you to write, and enough is enough. So, mm-hmm. so from that point, that pain driving mm. you out of there um, to where you are now. You know, mm. uh, running a, a global business. Um, were there key steps along the way for you in your journey around rebuilding belief and confidence and and dealing with this insecurity?
2: Yeah, definitely. I've done a lot of self-work, which I think... uh, And and self-healing, which... Yeah. ...is always challenging um, on on lots of different levels. So for me, uh, originally when... You know, by the time I got out, it was fine, and and I just really threw myself into work, and that's always kind of been my saving grace. I think uh, un- until I, I rebuilt myself, I was really great at my job, and I loved it. So that was really great in terms of yeah. having something outside of that to be able to um, feel like I was able that I was capable at and good at, and and things like that. So. That was kind of that first thing um and then you know really the the a lot of what I've worked through is around forgiveness uh forgiving myself, yeah. forgiving him, uh taking one hundred percent responsibility for everything in my life yeah. is what i what I'm creating, what i created um and just it's it's a never it's a never ending Process, Jamie. Like I, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but really, it, it came. It's probably around 2011, where so I'd been in business for about a year, maybe 18 months, and it was like, you know what? I just, I, I've just got to start getting myself out there. I've just got to start really chasing my dreams relentlessly, doing things in the way that I want to do them. And yeah. and that was where a lot of that self-work had to come in again because then there's a fear of judgment again, you know, the fear of what is everybody going to think about me again? and Of course. And all yeah. that type of stuff. So it's like, God, you know, I thought we dealt with this. But apparently we had not. So, yeah, it's, just a, it's a constant work in progress. And to me, it's like, well, where what what's what is it that's actually coming up? And... You know, what's what's the basis for it? And then working on that and then getting out and doing, you know, really what we're here to do. I hope that answers your question. (laughs) It
1: it did and it didn't. Um, Because I am always interested in the how. So um, Mm. I, I think it's really important to... But, I mean, if you're going to replicate a process, you're going to have to be able to break it down into the steps that you took. And yep. sometimes it's really hard to notice your own steps. So yep. my my questions are going to push you into just if you could be, there's anything specifically that that um, speaks to the how. So uh, I can see that you've done it and it's been beautiful. But what were mm-hmm. the key steps in that, in actually getting to the bottom of it? Um, yeah. Were there key books that you read? Were there key principles that really helped? Were there... Um, people who were able to speak into your world at certain times and had a few Mm -hmm. missing pieces for you? Were were there um, anything that really sticks out along the way that's helped you make this work?
2: Mm -hmm. Great, great question. Okay, I'll I'll answer this in the best way that I can. Okay, great. So the the process, I guess, that I learned would, would originally have been a coaching process that I learned while well, I did some I did a style and branding course per, okay. style and personal branding course in two thousand ten. And that was that was really my first introduction into the the kind of coaching, I guess really. Even though my parents had been like they'd been interested in N in L P they'd been they'd followed Christopher Howard. They talked about all of this kind of stuff for years prior, but for me it didn't really kind of it wasn't relevant. Until 2010. So, yeah, right. Uh, so like through through that training, it was very much, you know, what learning that you know what what we focus on is what we get. Um, you know what's coming up, and I mean style and branding. It's a very um, you've got to show up. <laughs> like it's you. Yeah, You're yeah. your face. You're your brand. It's you know you can't dress up a mannequin and put someone else out there so uh the i guess the process that that i learned through that is the the big lesson that i actually took away from that training was it's not my business what anybody else thinks of me it was very highlighted that everyone has their own opinion and just because you see something in one way doesn't mean that i see something in the same way and everyone has their own opinion about everything and we can't control that. Yeah. So that was really huge for me. Funny, um, the, the day that that happened, actually, the day that I learned that was a, a Wednesday, I believe. It was a five-day training and on this Wednesday night. I was staying in the city with a friend of mine, Margaret, and I, I remember her coming and picking me up from this training and I had a massive migraine. My My body response or my response yeah. to being pushed out of my comfort zone is to get a migraine
1: <laughs> okay great signal.
2: <laughs> my brain just goes like bang we don't want to have to yep. deal with this i was like okay great so that night we were supposed to be going out for dinner with a couple of her friends and there was a, a very the way that she kind of described them there was one of them was a, a successful business owner multi-million dollar business owner and somebody else who I think maybe her husband was very, that their their family was very well off. And I was just like, man, I don't know how I'm going to talk to these people. There's going to be nothing in common. What the hell am I going to say? I'm not a networker. So, you know, I didn't have a set of questions to kind of run through. And so this then exacerbated this migraine that I had. So I got in the car and Margaret said, how was your day? And I was done. It was great. And I didn't, we didn't talk the whole way back to her apartment. Got in the apartment and she just left me well alone because I think she knew mm. on some level that if she'd given me half an hour for this dinner that night, I would have grabbed it with both hands. Sure. So I was really worried about what, what I was going to wear, how I was going to speak, what they were going to say, how they were going to be and all of this type of thing. And And I remembered... earlier in the day, there was this whole thing, the focus for that particular day was that it's not your business what anybody else thinks of you. And so I put on my jeans, I put on my my knee-high boots, got dressed. I'm like, right, through this, like, I'm just going to do this because it's not my business what anybody else thinks about me. And, you know, who cares if they don't like me? At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Just be open, ask questions, and worst-case scenario, it could be the best three hours of your life, it could be the worst, it doesn't matter, like it doesn't matter, it just doesn't matter. And we walked up into the city and my she Margaret didn't talk to me for the whole way and I just as we we're walking along, my mantra in my head with every, every step was, It's not my business what anybody else thinks of me, it's not my business what anybody else thinks of me, it's not my business what anybody <laughs> else yeah. It's not my fucking business what anybody else thinks of me. Uh, yeah. And we got there and it was great. <laughs> so yeah. we had a great night, they were lovely. I guess that was just, that was that was a really big turning point for me. Yeah, um, wow. And these days, if I get caught up in thinking about or worrying about, because it still happens, you know, what someone might think or whatever their opinion might be of me, it's just, you know what, not your business, whatever you think to be Nicola, just do what you're here to do and get the heck on with it because... There might have been. There might be a ton of people who don't like you. Doesn't matter. There'll be a ton of people who you do, and they're the people that really matter. So, yeah, uh,
1: amazing. And the process. <laughs> uh, beautiful, and it is. I, I resonate with that because I, I watch people who work out how to deal with this insecurity piece, and I think in every single case, they find some way. Might be different in the language. Might be different in the practice. Mm. But they find some way of being the person who validates themselves. So Mm -hmm. they they take power from their world to say, Mm -hmm. right, I need your opinion, your approval, your acceptance, your validation, so I do care what everyone else Mm -hmm. thinks of me, Um, Mm -hmm. to go, no, I actually don't, because how could they possibly know who I am, what I'm worth, whether I'm a good person or a bad person? All that really matters is, do I know me? And do I like me? And am I willing to accept and love myself? And until that happens, however you get there, whatever you do to get there, I think there's always this, you show up with neediness and sometimes you have good days if you get good validation mm-hmm. from your world, but then a lot of times you have bad days because you, you don't get exactly what you want or even if you do get it, you doubt that it's real. Mm-hmm. And So, um, yeah, yeah, thank exactly. you for explaining that because I think that's incredibly valuable you for people to, to really go, okay, it is none of my business. What anybody else yeah. thinks of me. And my, yeah. my business is what do I think of me and can I take responsibility and ownership for my value and worth and, be, you know, believe in my own capacity and value as a human being. Mm, 100%. That's wonderful stuff. <laughs> That's great. Um, Thanks. Okay, so are there practices and rituals? So that was like obviously a key ritual and practice to you in that moment. Are there mm. stuff that you still use, um, you know, in your daily life to keep you sharp in this area? Because I, mm-hmm. I loved you saying before, going, oh, man, I thought I'd dealt with insecurity before. Obviously not, um, yeah. and I think you know. And I reflect on my own journey, and I had the same moments. Oh, what? Um, how could this? Mm-hmm. How could I be insecure about this? I thought I've already dealt with this, but the way that I understand yeah. it is okay. So here's a new level, and a new layer yeah. of uncertainty, and a new layer of outside my comfort zone. So it's a bunch of experiences I've never done before. So you work out how to be enough in those other situations. Are you enough for this situation? Mm-hmm. And so. I think then it's a whole new conversation. You're like, okay, cool. Who are you really? Do you have what it takes? Um, mm-hmm. You know, so therefore, it's going to require some useful practices, rituals, disciplines um, that that are the context doesn't really matter, but the principle remains. Yeah. So, is there stuff that you yeah. find has is useful to keep you fresh and sharp in this area?
2: Uh, I, th- I think the you've hit it on the head in the sense that it it, it does tend to come around again, and I think yeah. it's having that really high level of self awareness, which
1: mm.
2: is only happens from <laughs> learning how to become self aware. Um, and and and
1: how do you do that?
2: Yeah, great question. So for <laughs> me, it's it's like okay, um, if there's something that I'm going to do, and if I might be procrastinating so on on something or thinking about an email that I might send out to my database or thinking about um I don't know usually doing doing something that's a little different to what I might usually do. And usually for me it shows up in my world and this is something that, that if, if people are looking for what are the what are the triggers, what do I need to look at in order to become self aware but well where are you holding yourself back? Yeah. What does your self talk look like? Um, if I'm getting ready to put out an email, like well, I don't like selling via email, for example, and so I'll procrastinate on that.
1: <laughs> sure. And I'll be like
2: yeah. Okay, why why am I doing that? Why am I procrastinating? The questioning the questioning process that I go through is, all right, I'm procrastinating, what's really going on? What am I worried about? And it's usually a, well, I don't want people to be pissed off with me or I don't want them to feel like I'm only selling all the time or yeah, I yeah. don't want them to think badly of me. So that insecurity, that self-worth, self-doubt mm. kind of kicks in. It's like, hmm, okay, <laughs> there it is again. Let's, yeah. What needs to happen? Is this something that I need to just kind of like logically talk myself around or is there something else underneath it that needs to be healed, worked on, done, have inquiry done on it um, in order to kind of let it go and then move on?
1: Wonderful. Um, so a question for you with that. I've got this hypothesis mm. that you can't do self-awareness and self-judgment at the same time. Mm-hmm. So in the presence of self-judgment, it's not safe to be honest and to not to answer those questions honestly because... Mm-hmm. You kind of fear judgment if you're coming up with the wrong yeah, answer, yeah. Or, or being, uh, you know, because it's not because I'm no good, or it's because I'm a bad person, because I'm an addict yeah. or whatever. So, yeah. it's only yeah. when you can kind of give yourself this judgment-free space to, go, okay, cool. So whatever yeah. the answer to this question is, it doesn't matter. No, just I'm just going to be curious, I'm just mm-hmm. going to be compassionate, I'm just going to be interested, uh, and yeah. see what comes up because then when it comes up, then I can deal with it. And um, does that resonate for you?
2: One hundred percent. Okay, great. Yeah, 100%. There's, I mean, we're really great as humans generally at beating ourselves up. Oh, and,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, if we've got to just kind of stop with the self-isolation and just be able to look at it. You know, I guess one of the things that, that I do to get out of that self-judgment part is to kind of talk to myself as if I'm another person. Okay. You know, if if this is my client, what would I be saying? What questions would I be asking? If this was my child, one of my children, I have three kids and, and we were working through something, you know, what would I be asking them? Um,
1: yeah, exactly, because so, you wouldn't yeah. be you wouldn't be judging them. You wouldn't be being cruel. You wouldn't be anything yeah. other than kind, caring, compassionate, curious.
2: Exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah.
2: so did that I think it's yourself. a really important point. Mm. Yeah,
1: nice. Um, for me, how I do that is like how I let go of self judgment is I think what's the intention of self judgment? What for? Why would I be judging myself?
2: Because mm. I don't
1: like to just stop it as a strategy. I think that's a I that can only ever uh, be a short term solution. Just stop it and
2: mm-hmm. um, as though
1: all I need is just to try harder. And um, I think that's yeah. that that is no self awareness. <laughs> that's that's no understanding of why you're doing it in the first place. And I think everybody yeah, that's has right. a, a positive intention. So To me, I think about self-judgment. Well, what I'm really trying to do is just protect myself from the judgment of others here. So if I get in first, beat myself down, then if someone else says something unkind, well, I'm already down, so that won't hurt.
2: So what I'm trying to do
1: is protect myself. So actually, protection is a form of love because we only protect that which we value. So I'm actually trying to love myself. Mm. Could there be a better Mm -hmm. way of loving myself right now? So rather than fighting with self-judgment, I just kind of... um, you know, do a bit of jujitsu on it and, and channel the energy, <laughs> you know, more, more creatively and in a way that's going to serve me. And then in the space of love, well, self-awareness is so much easier. Mm,
2: definitely. It's a really, okay. I, I really like that process. That sounds really great. Thanks, Jamin.
1: Oh, pleasure. It's something that I... Um I think it was probably six core needs. That for me mm. I think is Tony Tony Robbins final mm-hmm. contribution to the realm of human behavioral science and, and just that whole understanding yeah. of uh every every negative positive behavior has a positive intention. We're trying to we're not trying to hurt ourselves, we're just trying to bring peace yeah. and comfort. You're doing the best yeah. we know how. So if you can kind of understand why then you got more choice, and you could find a better way, definitely. way more in line with your values. So that that was such a game changer for me.
2: Um, Absolutely, because
1: I I think just like you said, I I was excellent at self judgment and excellent mm-hmm. at really knocking myself down. And I, and it's so mm-hmm. hard to do anything in the presence of judgment. You just hide and pretend and play it safe. So um, yeah, yeah. A game changer for me. Uh, oh, cool. Any other practices, rituals, disciplines that that have been useful for you in in developing um, this sense of confidence and belief in your ability to, to be and do all that you want?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, the, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for just leaping. Okay. Uh, like, do it, vomit on the way down, you'll be fine. Dust yourself <laughs> off if you fall, cool, yeah. you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. um, I... I really I believe you know, I, I'm 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 all about doing things in your way and being the best damn version of yourself that you can be in every facet of your life and also owning the fact that some days your best is going to be different to what your best your best might be on another day. So mm. if that's what I'm advocating for, then I have to do that. I have to lead the way. And I I believe that, that the best thing that we can, every single one of us can do is to do the thing that we're here to do. And that requires, yeah, well, more often than not, a really big leap of faith. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Leap of faith, by definition, means you don't know what's going to happen. Otherwise, it's not yeah. going to be a leap of faith, right? So do the thing, rip off the band-aid, take the leap, do the thing and, and just do what you you need to do, and trust that you will find the way. So, whether it's yep. with, with business, career, marketing, video, like whatever it is, just just chase it down, and and yeah, like in the, the the book The Alchemist, you know, everything will happen. Like the world, the the universe conspires to help you get what it is that you want, and trusting that process. Yeah, just like yeah,
1: and beautiful. And the proof from your life is that you actually are. Right? Yeah. Then when you do the thing that you're most afraid of, and you do the thing that you think I can't. Oh my goodness, how am I going to do it? But you do it. You actually get through mm-hmm. the other side. Huh. Yeah. It turns out I'm stronger than I thought. You know, it turns out Sounds I am nice. okay. Well, there you go. I built that up in my mind and. Having come through the other side, I've just given myself yeah. more confidence about the next thing that definitely. I could go do. So you kind of build this strength inside you and these success reference mm. along the way, and one win leads yeah. to the next win leads to the next.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, and I think you know part of that as well is is for, for me that the reason that in the past that I may not have leapt has been around this fear of failure. So yeah, I guess reframing that. And 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 that's probably another ritual or practice or discipline that I use a lot is around reframing. So, okay. or, you know what, this thing, I might go and do this thing and you know what, it might not work. But I know that I always learn something from it. There's always a takeaway. There's always a positive. It might not feel like it at the time. But yeah. with a bit of perspective and then looking back, it's like, well... Oh, actually, you know what, there, and, and you know that the, the whole coaching thing is there is no failure, there's only feedback. When yeah. you're in it, that can be a really hard pill to swallow, yeah. um, right? <laughs> but having that, again, I guess that level of awareness that is this a fear of failure thing that's going on? Yes. Am I willing to risk it anyway? Yep. Jump, leap, go for it. Yeah. And what's the worst that happens? You learn a bunch of stuff you're still going to be alive unless you base jumping without a parachute or something crazy. Um, then you might not be, <laughs> there, yeah. you know, where it's really, there's, you, you're going to be okay. You're always going to be okay. And things might not happen yep. the way that you kind of expect, but you'll always be okay.
1: So. Beautiful. Uh, thank you. Uh, have there been key books along the way for you or, or books that you mm. still find great value in, in speaking this kind of language and, and helping you overcome insecurity? Yes.
2: So a big one for me, uh, like back in the day, is The Big Leap, Gay Hendricks. Yeah. I always go back to that book. I just yeah. I love that. I make all my clients read it. Um, it's just just... Brilliant! In yeah, I I think it's brilliant. Um, Brené Brown and her work on vulnerability has been yep. transformational for, and me. for
1: so many people. Yeah.
2: Oh my gosh! Oh, like what an what an amazing woman! Uh, and again, mm-hmm. so real. Yeah. I think that's what I really love about her. Again, like leading the way. Um, the Alchemist. Other uh, just just brilliant. Book um, Byron Katie, the work by Byron Katie. Love her stuff. You mentioned Tony Robbins before. Um, they're probably the key standout books that I, or and, and authors rather, that I would go back to time and time again. As these new, like you you mentioned earlier, about that, the more the, the kind of the more you work on yourself, the other things come up again, and and then you have got to do the deeper work to then resolve it and move on. So these are, these are always in my realm, these,
1: these books and these authors. Mm, fantastic. I'll make sure those books you've mentioned are in the show notes for people so they can go find mm. them. Awesome. Um, okay, so is there anything else that you feel like we haven't touched or anything that we've missed that is going to be important for people to understand or, you know, any final thoughts you'd like to leave with the listeners around, Um you know, exactly what you've said, being the best version of yourself and showing up and doing the thing that you were born to do.
2: Yeah. Just always remember to do it in your way. Mm-hmm. So I might say to you, for example, look, you, you've got to be on video, but just do it in your way. You know, show up. So many people are so insecure, scared, fearful of of what, everyone else is going to think that I can guarantee you that the people out there who need to hear from you in whatever way, shape or form you're doing that, whether you're in career, whether you're a mother, whether you're a father, whether you're a a business owner, an entrepreneur, it doesn't really matter. The world needs you in your way. And just know that there will be some people who don't like that. Some people will be threatened by that and that's okay. You're not there for them. Just focus on the people that you're here to help and serve and inspire and motivate and support in whichever way, shape or form you do that and just go do that because that's when magic happens. Yeah. And yeah, you're amazing wonderful. and you're good enough and you're inspiring and yeah. you're awesome and you know, just just own that. Thanks for asking.
1: Mm. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. I can tell that it's very deep in you and a big mm. part of, um, you know, why you're so good at what you do because that's what you bring to the table and it's out of the overflow of your own journey. So it's very authentic,
2: yeah,
1: um, which yeah. is rare and, and makes it even more beautiful. Thank
2: so, you. I Aww. I,
1: <laughs> I mean it. <that. laughs> you um, and could I hang really on here appreciate. all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, really appreciate your time and your wisdom and your experience. and Thank you for sharing so openly. And okay. where is the best place for people to find you if they want to come understand more about you after this show? Where do you hang out the most?
2: I, I, I mean hang online, out a lot on, on Facebook. Yeah, okay. <laughs> in my in my home office in regional Australia, um, yeah. I I, <laughs> I hang out on Facebook. So I've my business page is Nicola Maras. I'm on LinkedIn, as you mentioned earlier, Nicola Morass. Everything is my name. Um, my website, nicolamorass.com.au. I'm all over the interwebs. So. Excellent. And what's
1: your real focus in business? What do you do best?
2: Oh, awesome question. So I help business owners cut through the bullshit to create remarkable marketing, online marketing that generates results. So mm. from... Facebook marketing, video, funnels, social media, leveraging this beautiful thing that we've got of online to be able to really connect with the people that that you're here to help, connect with your audience and but without the bullshit that tends to surround internet marketing. So
1: yeah, sure. down
2: the line, tell it like it is and go get some results. <laughs> Thanks for asking.
1: Thanks for sharing. I'm sure lots of people could find that very useful. Thank you. Um, okay, thanks. Nicola, we'll leave the conversation there. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already to hear future episodes and stay tuned for more great content coming your way.
0: You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. If you're interested in finding out more about dealing with your own insecurity, check out the 30-day online Overcoming Insecurity Bootcamp combines high-quality frameworks with one-on-one coaching to help you eradicate the fear of not being